By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Have you seen the slash? Made by users for users. Engineered for flavor. One of the coolest features around. A built-in loading tool. Learn more at www.stonesmiths.ca. is the business of cannabis, a joint venture between the Green Generation Co. and the Cannabis 101 podcast. Bringing you the latest bud, biz, buzz. Great to be chatting with Malka LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. once again. And uh, Malka, it is uh, great to chat with you. Great to uh, see you. Just great to be chatting with anybody, really. So I'm uh, happy to have this segment back and going. How are things? Good, Dean. Thank you so much. Yeah, we were worried about you. You know, glad to see you're back and healthy. And I've got some new uh, digs myself, a new location, which is really exciting. We've got the green room, which technically is a green room. So it's really fun. On on point, on brand, so I think it's a great place to get started. I love it. Uh, I love the backdrop and the uh, exciting things that uh, uh, certainly you have going at the Green Generation Co. And we'll tell people about that as we go. But let's get to our first topic, the lead, as we like to call it. And and this is and listen, the the every business is full of trends, right? And cannabis is yes. no different. <laughs> and you're telling us about something called the alphabet trend. Yeah, I, I, it's actually the, the alphabet of trends. So I was trying to think of a way, you know, so many groups have come out with their trends or their, you know, their intel or whatever they think is going to happen in 2021. So I sort of looked at it as fun, is it in a funny way? And fully, this was idea I was supposed to join. And then it just came to me as a throw of a bunch of letters. So I, I'm like, this is, this works. So this is essentially a, a collection of the, the trends that I'm seeing from my perspective and all the different things that I see. So W, number one, cannabis is for women. We're going to see a massive amount of uh, legalization allowing more women to be exploring this magical plant, which is not the same as how men would explore it. There is a massive difference in receptors and things that are just coming to fruition as an understanding. And we have a scene in history that women react differently. So this is just the beginning, just the tip of the iceberg for exploring the female interaction with the cannabis plant uh, being W. So V number two is Z, V is for THCV, uh, as in uh, one of the cannabinoids that we've talked about quite a bit. Um, and I also, essentially, it's really that V is for victory over COVID. Um, one of the things that we're really seeing is that cannabis has been a hugely um, this growth and demand in COVID as a, a way to deal with the 
this turbulation, turbulence that people are feeling, uh, depression and anxiety, and then treatment for disorders like diabetes and cancer is really happening from this plant and some of the other lesser known cannabinoids like THCV. So this is just bringing to the, all the other letters that are in the cannabinoid names are the, are the V for victory here. And we've got C for craft. We love craft, uh, craft growers and craft, uh, craft grown cannabis. Um, mm -hmm. we, we believe that, you know, the cannabis is, should be grown uh, craft. That's the way it should be. BC grown, BC craft. Um, I'm a big believer in the 100 mile radius, which is 160 kilometers uh, from farm to table. <laughs> and, and that's literally, if you drop a pin in the middle of the BC interior and draw it around 160 kilometers, that's the kind of reach that you would want to, your cannabis to be because it's going to be fresh. It's going to have those amazing terpenes. It doesn't have to go through truckloads and places. You want your product to be farm to table. And that's kind of like what the craft movement is all about. Um, number four, we have our M and A as the letters for disorderly uh, activities. So the M and A stands for merger and acquisition. We are seeing so much of this right now where bigger companies are eating little companies and little companies by way of SPAC is another bunch of letters are eating bigger companies. This is a public market disruption um, that people don't understand. Honestly, people that have several degrees in finance and investment banking don't understand. There's a lot of, that's why I said disorderly activity that just cannabis has been thrown into the mix of by sheer, um, you know, situation that it's a massively growing industry with very little history from a public market perspective. So, you know, there's shakeups, there's job losses, there's fire sales. This, all of these things have major, major ramifications. And there's a lot of people that are outside the industry trying to watch, see what's going on and make sense of it. And it's nonsensical. So that's what I mean is this M&A disorderly activity. And hmm. there's, it's a roller coaster of, of uh, anticipation and loss that even the most experienced uh, financial people can't get. Um, and then number five is BB, which is for baby boomers. That stands for baby boomers. Now we've talked about that demographic being a huge um, play of demand that is sort of very accepting of cannabis already. These are the people that were puffing back in the post-Vietnam uh, War days and really being open with exploration of, of cannabis at that time in their lives when they were young. So they're open to trying CBD gummies for sleep or topicals for arthritis or vape pens for anxiety. They're not scared of the stigma. They just want it in a form that they can take and maybe smoking isn't that choice. So we're gonna see a lot of this as more uh, demand comes on the market from the baby boomer uh, demographic. And the last one I have is W and L for white label and R for retailer. So W, L and R. So cannabis uh, is for sharing and caring and white labeling and private branding products are really gonna take off. And what that means is that a store brand, for example, or another known brand is going to buy like other growers products or other cultivars, cultivars and then put their brand on it. And this is a very common uh, activity in the regular world. For example, the people that make Nike shoes, they probably make every other kind of shoes, but Nike buys certain products from them and puts their name on it. So it's a very common practice in business to white label other people's products. And we're just going to see more of that as this shakeup uh, and things continue to move along in 2021. I, I really think uh, that is so cool how uh, and 
first of all, I think it's awesome that you smoked a joint and came up with us because <laughs> cannabis is so great for creativity and there are so many people using it for that uh, very, very thing. So I, I applaud you for that. But I really uh, love uh, the, the last part. Well, I love a lot of what you said, but the, the last part really hit home, the white label. I totally agree with you. And uh, this week in the Cannabis News, David Wiley and I were talking about this with some companies that you know can service the, the big manufacturer side of things and also uh, fill out the white label portion. So I think companies that are going to be able to do that and uh, you know be a little bit uh, diverse that way are really uh, you know that that could be a definitely an emerging trend as well as you talk about in this. Hundred percent. Yeah, we're already seeing a ton of it, and it's just more of it is going to happen. It's a very lucrative way for brands to not compete but to collaborate. Yeah, totally. And 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 that's what I think this industry is about more than anything. Now, it's it's brand new. We will probably get to a point where we all think we're better than the other people and things like that. But right now, it's cheesy. I say it all the time, but we're all pulling on the same hemp rope in this industry and uh, we can all help each other get to a point where we can be kind of like boasting about how much better we are. And and you know, when you get to that point, then you really realize, okay, it's it's really part of the mainstream. But this industry, unlike others, has has a lot of hurdles to get past, and stigma is is one of them. And that's the one of the thing you and I talk about the most. If we can get if we can get that stigma, if we can break that stigma, everything else, a lot of stuff, not everything else, but a lot of other things are going to fall like dominoes. Exactly. And that's a huge thing. And there's so many people that are, um, that have come to me. I mean, I put it on my, my LinkedIn profile um, about the green generation companies, all about ending the stigma. So people reach out and say, we love it that you're saying that. I'm like, that's, that's all I'm doing is everything I'm doing is working towards that. So it's a huge uh, growth factor. And it's a huge area that everyone wants to see. So these are my trends for 2021. We'll see what happens at the 2022 uh, date. if I was right? <laughs> ah, I love it. I love the, uh, the alphabet workings and the, uh, the drawings as well. I really love the creativity. All right, uh, let's get on to uh, change makers. And, you know, this yeah. is something that we've also talked a lot about is hemp and the power of hemp. You know, hemp is the hero that we deserve here. There's so many great things about it. And slowly but surely, you're seeing people starting to come around and take a look at hemp a little bit more. Yeah, so this uh, conversation um, started, well, long before me, but basically um, the, the Alberta, uh, Alberta and Canada is really focused on this clean, clean energy solution or, um, uh, and particularly Alberta, because that's where, you know, the heart of our, our energy world is really here in Alberta. Um, the big thing was that I was experiencing a lot of stigma uh, when I was reaching out to people in the clean tech space. So there's a lot of... Um, you know, groups that are really focused on uh, raising awareness and, and trying to explain what the green economy is. So Diane Sachs is one such, uh, she's actually a podcaster right now, but she's formerly uh, has a big, a long policy world in government and in policy and, and as a lawyer in helping with green initiatives. So now she has a podcast out of Toronto called the Green Economy Heroes. And I reached out to her because one of my own mentors, Dan Balaban of Green Gate Power, was on her show uh, as a, you know, did an interview with her talking about how Alberta's energy is moving towards renewables. So this was back in the spring and and that's totally true and i called her up and said hey like i had you know I, you had dad on the show and obviously you know I, I he's a mentor of mine um and i was explaining to her without going into sort of specifics of the names of companies because at the time it was i was behind nda so i couldn't tell her who were the people that i was working with 
But basically, I was trying to explain to her that, you know, cannabis and hemp is part of this clean technology movement, too. And nobody's talking about that. And I would like to come on your show and talk about that. And we had a very long conversation and she was not buying it. She did not believe me. She thought it was a fraud, I think. She was really discrediting my work by not believing what I was saying. And in the end, she says, you know what? Just send them to me and I'll I'll see if they're real kind of thing. Like she was very stigmatized around the whole mm. cannabis and hemp is how could this be real? So finally, you know, I've been working with some companies around this for a long time. HFPC is one that we've talked about before, and they're based uh, in Cal Edmonton, Vegreville. Their facility is going to be in Vegreville, Alberta, and they have several um, oil and gas, I would call them refugee, oil and gas refugees, but they're also hemp farmers or hemp agronomists. So they, they're research people behind hemp, and they've been researching hemp in Alberta for 15 years. They were part of the Alberta Research Council. And they've created this company called HFPC, which is essentially um, talking about the root of climate crisis and the and the foundation for how we get going further forward into the positive direction. So HFPC is going to be making uh, building facilities, building uh, plants that are going to be making feedstock where hemp fiber is part of the mix. So hemp fiber feedstock is essentially the two, the building block. It's the base material that replaces petrochemicals. So wherever you have petrochemicals, which are oil and gas products made from oil and gas that go into other things like into plastic, for example, or into materials and parts for um, food or not food for for um, ingredients for other things. So the, the key ones are plastics, polyesters um, or other derivatives of plastic. HFPC is going to be making the feedstock that is going to replace plastic in the clean future and and essentially that's that's what they're working on and what i was talking about because in growing hemp not only do you have the carbon offsets or the absorption of carbon as the hemp is growing which is known as a carbon sink and there's lots of things that we've talked about in the show that are carbon sinks remember the green sand example yes that's an example of another carbon sink and there's lots of things that are carbon hempcrete is an example of carbon a carbon mm -hmm. sink which means that it absorbs more carbon in just sitting there than it does in making it or in growing it or in doing anything else with it. So it, it's, a, it's a negative carbon offset. And the clean tech world is trying to figure out all these fancy and expensive technological advancements to take carbon out of the air. But in some cases, all you need to do is grow some hemp and, and not only grow some hemp, but then use the hemp to make things that are exposed to carbon in the air. And it literally just absorbs it into it and locks it away for use to grow the plant or to use within that system and not leave it in the air. So this concept was very foreign to her, even though she's been in the climate science for a while and the client, she calls it the climate crisis um, initiatives. Most of the other things and people that are building things out of materials to replace plastic need a feedstock. And this company is an example is going to be making massive amounts of it that can power this, that can push these things forward. So everything from like uh, auto body parts, like the Ford example with the uh, hemp-based cars, they're going to be making material that can do that in 2021 and, and beyond. They also used to do something that makes it soil stabilization. So one of the biggest problems of the climate crisis is arable soil is just blown away whenever there's a storm. The soil has been deforested and taken away all of the things that it needs to stay as soil and it just blows away. 
So one of the products of uh, HFPC is a soil stabilizer to replace like where aerosol that has been blown away. You just sprinkle some of their product down and it essentially like grows roots into the ground. It's kind of how it works. It's like put, it's like planting trees without planting a tree. <laughs> and that's the function of this product. So when I explained this to her, she didn't get it, but then I sent HFPC directly to her and they gave her more information that I wasn't allowed to disclose that essentially she replied to me on LinkedIn and said, thank you, Malka, I get it now. So she's going to be featuring them and some of the other clients that I've sent her that are talking about the climate crisis and how you solve it with hemp. And I'm so fortunate, grateful that this is the change maker of the week. Diane Sachs and the climate crisis is now going to be speaking about hemp being part of the solution instead of just some other technology that was really what they were focused on before. Well, it's, it's amazing when you get out of your own little box that we all put ourselves in, you can see the forest through the trees, and it's a forest of hemp, Melka. I mean, I've said this uh, since my episode two when I first discovered all the benefits of hemp that we should just have fields of these growing everywhere to, you know manufacture products, but also just to improve the environment, being a negative CO2 sort of entity. So, you know, the, it's so weird. Like, it's it's all pretty much, uh, you, you can't burn it when you when you put hempcrete together. There's all these great benefits, but, uh, you know, you, you talk to people that try to build with it, and you can't really get insurance and things like that yet. So a lot of these things <laughs> have to happen, and, and that's part of the stigma again. And for, for some reason, hemp is uh, lumped in with, with THC, and, and they couldn't be more opposite. 100%. And that's a lot of the work that I'm doing at the ISO level, at the Chamber of Commerce level, literally at the like, you know, people that are applying for COVID relief funding are getting denied like my clients, because they supposedly have cannabis sativa in their products. Well, I, I had to go back to the people and say, by the way, did you look up the definition of cannabis sativa? It's not what you think it is, it's right. actually hemp too. So the fact that I sent her the link to Wikipedia that says cannabis sativa, also known as hemp, is the products that we were trying to, the company that I'm working with trying to get approval, because they just assume that as soon as you say cannabis, that's bad for you. And that that's the stigma that is pushing regulation and pushing like the decision-making of major things. And it was infuriating. So finally, I'm like, you need to look at your definitions. Like, you know, this is, this is the thing is, it's all back to what is this, plant? What is this word? What does it mean? And it is actually a very powerful, good thing if you take your stigma away from it. A hundred percent for sure. All right, let's get to what it means to be green. And we are literally talking about what it means to be green this week. Yeah, the Green Party of Canada. I'm going to say they were almost going to be my change maker because they have done a 180. I mean, they have come a huge way in terms of breaking down stigmas, like just that. So the latest, uh, you know, um, Annamie Paul, she just became elected the first uh, Black Canadian and Jewish Canadian woman that's uh, elected as the leader of a federal Canadian party. And honestly, her campaign that she ran, um, she like turned a tide of people's belief in what the Green Party was. I mean, we had Elizabeth May for a long time and she's still part of the party. She's a, still an MP, I believe, but she's just not the leader anymore. But really, you know, her tropes were around like, you know, blocking all the things that were negative from an, a climate perspective. And the Green Party has now really embraced the concept of just resiliency, diversity, change, overcoming obstacles. And Anime Paul really represents that as an individual. Um, in the sense that she does not look like what she is. And I am a 
massive uh, have a massive personal uh, story about that in terms of people have not known what I was based on what I look like, and that was a stigma against me. So she's the kind of person that's going to turn that around. And, and she has a passion unlike anyone else. She's a lawyer. She's been doing a, a lot of change for the public good for a long time in Toronto. And she's essentially part of so many different groups that she is a powerhouse in her of herself, but she's opening up the reach of the Green Party far beyond its sort of original intention. And I just think it's wonderful. And I, I wanted to bring up the Talking to Strangers, the Malcolm Gladwell book here, because this is one, I read this for the second time this year um, because it's so important. And the first time I read it was in 2019 when he came to Calgary for the Energy Disruptors Unite. I got to meet him in person. He signed my book and it was right after this book was published. Um, this book was an eye opener about exactly the whole point about the whole like you don't look like what you are and that's a good thing um malcolm gladwell explains that in very excruciating painful detail in how it has happened in the u.s with and black lives matter is essentially is the outcome of this happening for so long so i just i use that example because first of all pick up this book if you haven't read it or listen to an audible he reads it himself to you and it's amazing it essentially dissects the psychology of assuming people or assuming things when you just don't have enough information and then making those assumptions stick in the long term. So he goes through and explains why police officers were randomly, you know, seemingly randomly pulling over people and then at the end they die. And they're like, what is going on here? Why are all these black people dying at the hands of white police folk? Well, there he under, uh, dissects that psychology uh, and are amazingly articulate detail and this is what Annamie Paul has applied from a positive standpoint so she's saying we're not who we look like but that's okay we're still very important and powerful people and that's the point of the Green Party is they've really made this transition to not being what people think they are and really pushing forward against those stigmatized and those really just unknowns that people assume around others. Yeah, those those chains have to break at some point of those those thought chains that have gone back for so many years. And uh, that's what we all have to work towards. And it is uh, certainly good news that they uh, as a party are working towards that. You can find out how Melka can help you at www dot dot com. I know you have some great stuff going on at the website, Melka. Thanks so much, Dean. and follow us on social media at the cannabis 101 on twitter at the cannabis 101 podcast on instagram and at the canna 101 podcast on facebook you can email us at cannabis 101 podcast at gmail.com <laughs>